couple weeks we've been talking about blind spots in our life, and Michael has absolutely been crushing my soul because each and every one of those has pointed out a flaw in me. And tonight we're going to be talking about a blind spot in my life um, that I dealt with a lot in high school, and that was missing moments. Missing moments. So tonight we're going to be talking about making the most of every opportunity. So we're going to be in Ephesians 5, and there's a verse I want to read you real quick. It's verse 15 and 16, and this is what it says. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil, making the most of every opportunity. I'm sure you guys can think of a lot of uh, missed opportunities in your life. I might have more in my life than you, uh, just because I've done a lot of stupid things. And I was trying to think of a story I could share with you guys, and there was a bunch of them, but I just kept coming back to this one opportunity that I missed, and I didn't make the most of it, was when I was in college, and um, this was like my first internship, and I was working at this church, and we had just started, and there's this cute guy, and and I wanted to impress him. He was the other intern, okay, and we were at this camp, and um, it was the very first night. And he dared me <clears throat> to jump over some caution tape. And I don't know why I thought this would impress him, but I thought if I cleared this caution tape, this will make this boy like me. And I will make the most of this opportunity. So I go for it, right? And I'm like, I can do this. I got this. This caution tape. If anyone ever, I don't, people always give me a hard time because they're like, it was caution tape. Like, obviously, you should have jumped over it. But anyways, I went for it. I cleared it. You all thought I probably fell on my face. I didn't. I cleared it. I made it on the other side, but I made a mistake. I was wearing flip-flops, and flip-flops are not appropriate caution tape jumping attire. So when I cleared this caution tape and landed on the other side of the ground, my foot tripped in my flip-flop or however that works, and I went flying for about 10 feet. <clears throat> and what, I, what happened was the entire other area, like the other side of the caution tape, all of that was was gravel. And it was on a hill that was about like this. So not only did I eat it, I ate it in gravel on a hill, which I then slid down all the way to the bottom. Yeah, it was a bad, bad day, bad day. But I jumped up and I was like, I'm good, I'm good. Like, let's go to the, wherever we were going. And wound up with third degree burns, lost three layers of skin, and now have permanent nerve damage in my leg. But I, that was all to impress the boy, but I completely missed the opportunity and... I'm still single, but I'm happily single. (laughs) So I'm sure all of you can think of opportunities that you've missed in your life. And tonight we're going to be talking about making the most of every opportunity. Because God has given us lots of opportunities. And in high school, I missed a lot of those because I was more concerned about making myself look good and pointing to Meredith than I was to pointing to Christ. So you're like, okay, well then... How do I make the most of every opportunity? We're going to look at two things tonight. The first thing we're going to start off is in chapter 5, verse 1, okay? And it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering or sacrifice. Some of your Bibles, it might say, instead of follow God's example, it might say, be an imitator of or imitate God. And if we are going to make the most of every opportunity that God gives us, the first thing that we have to do 
is we have to imitate God. And I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, I was more concerned about imitating my friends and what they were doing and making sure that I was posting the right thing and that I was getting the right filter on my selfie at the right angle, right? Because I had FOMO, right? I, was fear, I had the fear of missing out. I wanted to make sure that I was fitting in and that I was being the most popular. And I missed that all God wanted me to do was to imitate him. And you say, well, why do I, why do I need to imitate God? Why should, I, why should I imitate him? Verse 2, it says, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, like, I don't know, I don't know where I missed it when I became a Christian, but like, I, every day I feel like I forgot that Jesus paid for me. He died on the cross, suffered all the wrath of God, past, past present, future, to take on my sin and your sin. And I was just like, you know what, God? I'm not interested in imitating you. I'm going to do what my friends are doing because uh, I think they're cooler than you. And I missed it. And I missed moments. Let's keep going. Verse 3 says, but among you, so talking about believers there, Christians, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. When I read that word, the first thing that comes to my mind is like my computer password, right? Because when I don't remember it, it gives me a hint. But that's not what it's talking about. A hint here is talking about that no one should even question if you're a Christian or not. Your friends shouldn't even question if there's any sexual immorality in your life. Your friends should even question if you're sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Your, your friends should even question if you're going to go to the after party at prom and get drunk. Your friends shouldn't even question if you're going to cheat on your test. Right, because there should be not even a hint of sexual immorality, of any kind of impurity, or of greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Y'all, if we are a believer, if we're a Christian, then we're called God's holy people. And that word holy means to be set apart. Right? Our lives are supposed to look different from our friends. But a lot of times we get more concerned about what our friends think about us or what they're saying about us or whether or not we're going to fit in. And when we do that, we miss moments. We miss moments to point people to Jesus. Because if we're, if we're Christians, if we're believers, our life should look different. The majority of my friends who aren't Christians, the reason they tell me that they're not and what the reason why they don't want to come to church is because of something else a Christian has done to them. So meaning that a Christian has said something mean about them or a Christian has started a rumor about them or a Christian has done something that a Christian shouldn't do. Because people are always watching. Which is like, oh, that, oh that's really hard. But that's, that's the reality. If we're going to make the most of every opportunity, we have to imitate Christ. We have to imitate God. Verse 4 says, nor should there be any obscenity, like what does that mean, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place. So basically that means there shouldn't be any dirty jokes or that's what she said or sarcasm or cussing. Your life should look different. The things that you say to your friends, 
should look different than what your non-Christian friends say. Like if you, you, your life should look totally different than your friends who don't know the Lord. There's no place for that. It says, but rather, this is what gets me, but rather thanksgiving. Ouch. I don't know about you all, but I am the best complainer you can probably ever meet. In college, uh, something that my roommate challenged me with, or maybe, I don't know if it was my roommate, maybe it might have been a friend, but they challenged me, hey, Meredith, do you spend more time complaining rather than being thankful for what you have? And I was like, yes, I do, because most college students, if I couldn't find something in common with them, we could find something to complain about together, because college students are the best complainers in the world. It says if we're believers, we shouldn't be complaining, we should be giving thanks. For this reason, you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. These people that don't have an inheritance means that they don't know Christ. So our life should look different from those people. And if they're not, if, you're, if you can't tell a difference from your life and from your friend's life, then my question for you is, is, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Because if you do, then you should be imitating him. Your life should look like Christ. If any of you have hung out with our um, staff, you might notice that we sometimes say the same things or do some of the same things. And that's because we love each other and we hang out with each other and... When you're hanging out with somebody, it rubs off on you. Like something that Landon says that I, um, I like find myself saying now is the word hungy. I don't, that's not a word, but Landon always says, I'm hungy, I'm hungy. So now I find myself saying, I'm hungy all the time. Like, that's not a word, it's hungry. But it's because I hang out with him. He's my desk buddy, right? We're friends. And when you hang out with somebody, you start to pick up things that they do. So if we're going to imitate God... If we're going to be like Christ, we have to know him. If we're going to imitate God, we have to know him. And that's how we make the most out of every opportunity is by imitating God. The second thing that we have to do to make the most of every opportunity is to walk in light. Verse 8 says, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So that's the complete opposite of what Paul was just talking about. Of sexual, immorality, sexual immorality, greed, harsh jokes. That's the opposite, okay? And find out what pleases the Lord. Verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Anybody like sleepovers? Those were like the thing growing up. Sleepovers with my friends. <clears throat> but when there was always the worst part at, at night, and when you would wake up and you're like, where am I? And you're like, oh, I'm at my friend's house. I don't know if that happens to anybody. It happens to me. And then I would realize that I have to go to the bathroom. And then there's that moment when you realize it's dark and I can't see anything. And so I'd get up and I'd run into like two or three different things. And 
I finally made my way to the bathroom, but I would always wind up with bumps and bruises. But at my house, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to use the bathroom, I know exactly where I'm going because I know my house, like the back of my hand. Even though it's dark, I'm comfortable in that darkness because I've lived there for a while and have gotten to know my way around. And I think the same thing kind of applies in our, in our lives with Christ. And what I mean by that is if you are a believer, God has made you new and you walk in light. But I think sometimes, and what Michael talked about last week, is that he's created us, he's made us a new creation, but sometimes we still walk in that darkness. And sometimes we get comfortable in that darkness, right? We get numb to the things that our friends are doing and the things our friends are saying, and we get numb to the type of music we listen to, we get numb to the movies that we watch, we get numb to the places that we go and become comfortable in that darkness, right? But if we're a believer, our job as a Christian is to walk in light. If we're going to make the most of every moment, of every opportunity, then we have to walk in light. And what that means is we expose darkness. Anybody got a, um, what are those things? Nightlight? Nightlights. If you don't have a nightlight, that's just wrong. Because people could spend the night at your house and they don't know where the bathroom is. And you need a nightlight. Okay? I have a nightlight. And uh, it's not one of the, I don't have a cute one anymore because you got to grow up one day. <clears throat> but I have a nightlight and it st stays in the bathroom. And sometimes if you use a blow dryer in the same plug, it blows the fuse. And then when I get up to go to the bathroom in the night, I don't have my nightlight on and I get scared. But if that nightlight is on, I can see everything in the hallway, in the other room, and in my bathroom. I know exactly where the faucet is and my toothbrush. And I can see everything because that nightlight, what it does for me is it exposes everything that I can't see in the darkness. Right? And just like that, my little nightlight exposes what's in the darkness. You as a believer, you as a Christian are called to be that little nightlight. So when your friends are walking in darkness, so when your friends are cheating on their tests and when your friends are trying to get you to give them your homework, you're supposed to be the light in that situation. We're like, no, you know what, I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to do the right thing. Because that's what it means to expose darkness. When people hang out with you, they, sh they, should, they should notice. When you walk into your classroom at school, people should know, should notice. People should know that you're a Christian. When you get home, your family is or isn't believers, they should notice whether or not you're walking in light. When you're in the line at Starbucks, getting your frappuccino with extra whip and drizzle, people should notice that you're a believer. There should be something different in your life because you're supposed to be walking in light and imitating Christ. So if we imitate Christ and walk in the light, that's how we make the most of every opportunity. And we can't do, we miss moments when we don't do those two things. We miss moments. So my question for y'all tonight is, are you making the most of every opportunity that God gives you? Because I miss a lot of moments. And most of those moments for me come when I am, um, like, doing something. When I'm in the middle of something, I don't really, if I'm doing a task, I don't really like to stop and pay attention to someone else. Like, I want to finish what I'm doing. So if I am getting a drink at Starbucks, I don't want to talk to you for 10 minutes. I want to get my drink and go do what I need to do. 
But when I do that, I miss moments that God has given me to speak truth and to share story into a person's life. And since I've been on staff here, it has challenged me a lot because Michael is super evangelistic and is super, like, about going after it and sharing your story and taking time. And that's just not something I'm comfortable with and not something that comes natural to me. And so something that I have challenged myself to do to not miss moments is once a week, once a week, share my story with somebody. Take time to not miss opportunities that God's given me to point somebody to Jesus because their life could change in a moment. In a moment, everything could change for that person. And unless I am imitating God and walking in light, then I'm going to miss those moments. Verse 15. Sorry, I skipped a verse. I'll come back to it for you guys. Verse 13. But everything exposed, but everything is exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Not like your friends, but like Christ. Not in darkness, but in light. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Why should we make the most of every opportunity? One answer to that. Because the days are evil. And he says it right there. Because the days are evil. Christ is coming back, y'all. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready when he comes back. I want to know that I made the most of every opportunity that Christ gave me. No matter where I was, no matter what I was doing, no matter who I was with, I want to know that I made the most of every opportunity to not point at Meredith, but to point at Christ. And the only way that we can do that is by imitating God and by walking in light. And you guys have an opportunity coming up to make the most of it, and that's Beach Retreat. And it's only a few weeks away. It's like sneaking up on us. I was not prepared for this, but it's coming, and I cannot wait. And some of you need to make the most of that opportunity to invite your friends who don't know the Lord, who don't know Jesus, to come to Beach Retreat, and their life could be forever changed. Some of you are here, you're like, you know what? I've already invited my friends. I've got my condo full. Like, we're good. I don't need to invite anybody else. If your condo's full with all your friends, this is what I want you to do. I want you to split your condo, and I want you to go fill it up with more people. Like, I ain't doing that. Don't miss this opportunity for, for your friends to step from death to life, from darkness into light. Don't let this opportunity of Beach Retreat pass. For others of you in here, I want to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. And I don't want you to let this opportunity pass you up. Make the most of this moment. So 
over the, every head bowed, eye closed.